0: My song right there. See, this is why Jay Johnson, the best producer in the business. He you see, your boy Drapes a little down and out, you know, midway through the show. I'm kind of dragging a little bit. I need a pep in my step. Lost your wallet. Lost my wallet in El Segundo. Well, a couple of towns down from El Segundo. And what does Jay do? Play Sacramento Zone, Brother Lynch Hub. This was this takes me back to 1994. 90, yeah, 94. Rolling through Philadelphia, Pennsylvania Ooh. on the East Coast, mm-hmm. bumping some Brother Lynch Hub. This was
1: great. How did you decide which beach to visit? And I'm not casting aspersions on your judgment. I'm just curious. Did this, <laughs> whoever was closest, or well, was something uh, in particular? That- let,
0: let, let me break down the beaches for you real yeah. quick here. Yeah, real, real quick, Whitey. You got Venice Beach. Right. We all been there. We know what it is. Too so populated. A scene, you know. Yeah, too populated. I've been there. I took the sun there last year. too crowded. Nobody goes there. too crowded. It's not peaceful, really. You got to watch, you know, head on a swivel, you know, that kind of thing. Uh Uh-huh. Then you got Hermosa Beach, a little step up, a little more, um, a little classier, but still, you know, rough. Got the, you know, mom-and-pop shops, you know, the tourist traps and things like that. Then you got Manhattan Beach, which is a little upscale. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know what? I'm going to start in Manhattan Beach and go down to Hermosa Beach because, you know, I did a little shopping, wanted to see what was out there. I knew I didn't want to do Venice Beach, though. Gotcha. As much as I like Venice Beach and, you know, Muscle Beach and you got the basketball court there, Uh uh-huh. you're not doing any high-quality shopping. On Venice Beach.
1: You didn't want to get out there and, uh, and get, a, get a run in in the, in the basketball? No, no,
0: no, no, they're not
1: ready for me, man.
0: <laughs> my, my my You know, I, I, first of all, I need about a month preparation. Uh-huh. But my son thought it was the best thing ever last year when I took him to Venice Beach. And they had like a summer league game on. And they had the announcer walking on yeah, the court. Yeah. And, you know, oh, baby, look at, you know, my uh-huh. son just ate it up. But it wasn't for me yesterday. I needed something a little more chill, a little more relaxing.
1: You know, some people think, some players I think have suggested that that would improve the All-Star game if you had an on-court announcer like they have for those.
0: I heard that. Yeah, yeah. somebody uh, mentioned that as a uh, uh, a change of pace. Somebody also mentioned, uh, I forget who it was. It might have been somebody with the Kings or, or just a friend of mine doing a four, a four-team tournament. Like, you have your All-Stars. And you got five, 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 and five. Huh. Like, winner take a million dollars or something like that. Like yeah. A, like a two-day event, you know, where, you know, they go hard, you know, and the winner gets a million or something like that. Huh. You know, or a uh-huh. trophy or something like that. Just as a way to
1: change up the maybe, game. Maybe. Maybe. Might work. Uh, tonight, the Kings are wearing their, I uh, think this is a city edition. Yeah, this is a city. Yeah. The ones the, yesterday were white, statement, right? I I like those. I like the purple ones. But as part of tonight, Kings will also, they'll have, um, you know, videos honoring Kings of the past as they, you know, honor their 100 years of existence. And I mentioned this because yesterday I was talking to the great Jerry Reynolds and he listens to our show sometimes. And he said, you guys were talking about past Kings who would be good fits on this team. Yes. And he said, we had mentioned, he said, somebody mentioned our test and he said, he'd be a good fit. But he said, the guy who would really fit this team is Hito Turkaloo. He said, because he said Hito could defend he had handle. He could shoot. He could fit in with this offense. Do a little bit of everything. Yeah. definitely size. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he had played in
1: a similar offense with, uh, you know, Orlando when they went to the finals that time. So Hito Turkoglu. Uh, we remember you tonight as we remember uh, Kings history. And we remember last night, a big win for the Kings over the Clippers. How'd they do it? They did it with their defense, but don't take it from us. Here is Mike Brown after the game talking about how well the Kings defended
2: last night. Foxy was fantastic on the ball. Uh, he was ahead of the snake tonight. He really set the tone for us defensively, and that's what we need from him night in, night out. He had He had eight deflections um you know he he was great uh HB ended up being our defensive player of the game he was fantastic Keegan was great he re- re- rebounded the ball for us at a really really high level and at his position uh I, I tell you what Kevin Herter was freaking fantastic um you know it, it was a great problem to have tonight because I was about to go back to him and then we went on a little run and then I ended up not going back to him, but I could have easily gone back to Kevin because he was awesome on both ends of the floor. I mean, he started out the second half hitting a couple of big threes that gave our guys a lot of energy while defending.
1: I don't know. Maybe some of it is just now that players can see um, the finish lines like, all right, right. We'll see where we need to get to. And it's within within sight now so we need to focus and we're not going to talk about it now we're actually going to do it whatever it is they're playing some of their best basketball of the year right now which is ideal yeah it's time to lock in yeah oh and you know i was listening to uh Paul
0: Pierce and Kevin Garnett on their podcast uh, that they do, uh, KG Certified. It's really Uh a tremendous podcast. It's so funny. But, you know, those guys teamed up to win the 2008 championship. They're veterans. They understand. And, you know, that's one of the things they talked about, teams that have sort of been there, uh, veteran teams, teams that sort of know what they're doing, Uh, post-All-Star break is when you lock in. And that's what I'm seeing, I I think, from De'Aaron Fox, uh, you know, last couple of games, uh him locking in. Uh same thing, you know, Harrison Barnes, Demont, Like you're seeing a, a renewed focus, I think, with this team. And sure, the San Antonio game was closer than expected, but that was after a week layoff. So I'm gonna give him a pass uh for that. So but I thought last night's game you saw a focus and intensity. And uh I think tonight will tell us a lot more about where the Kings are right now because this is a game, second night of a back-to-back ho-hum opponent, no Jimmy Butler, sort of, you know, uh, uh, the marquee names aren't playing other than Bam Adebayo. So this is an opportunity to avoid letting your guard down.
1: What can you tell us about what specifically the Kings did Mm. to defend the three-point line better? We don't want to get too, you know, caught up in the numbers or – Get too wonky here, but obviously that's been a huge issue for this team all year long. Last night, the Clippers, they could shoot the three ball, eight for 27. Yeah. And Mike Brown says, oh, the defense was great. How was it great in regards to defending the three-point line?
0: Well, I don't know how great it was. And and, And let me explain why. I felt like every three Norman Powell hit was wide open. Like, Mm -hmm. how many corner threes did that guy hit? Five total for the game. Five for nine. I thought Kawhi Leonard missed some shots that he normally misses. The thing about James Harden, he shoots difficult shots. Like, you know, most of his threes are off the bounce where he's dribbling. And so I thought they contested his shots extremely well. You know, there was the one time where, you know, it was a, he got fouled on a three-pointer. But outside of that, I thought they did a fantastic job contesting James Harden. Outside of that, you know, Kawhi 0 for 3. Kawhi is a 45% three-point shooter this season. You know, James Harden, 2 for 10. He was the main culprit, 8 of 27 uh, overall for the uh, Clippers. Not a whole lot of uh, three-point attempts. So I I guess you could say their on-ball defense uh, was great, but the Clippers don't shoot a lot of threes as is. They're not a high-volume three-point shooting team. And so I thought from a matchup standpoint – this was a good matchup for the Kings three-point defense to, to have its way.
1: Players now in the NBA are so good. They always have been, but they're better and better and better, especially when it comes to shooting the three-ball, and all you have to do is look at the numbers, how they go up every year to, to know that that's the case. So much of defense in the NBA drapes, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's about, it's, it's about trying to get teams to take the shots that are least likely to go in. But now it's so hard because guys are, more than ever before, making everything anyway. And and they're shooting them from farther
0: behind the line than ever before. I mean, the spacing in the NBA is at an all-time high. I I will say, I thought the Kings did a great job uh, with their help defense yesterday. Like, their rotations were pretty much on point. Other than the ones that Norman Powell had, I'll say – their rotations were pretty much on point. And we'll see tonight. You know, the, the this Miami Heat team, shorthanded, uh, not necessarily a, a great three-point shooting team, I, I don't believe. And so this will be a, an interesting test tonight.
1: You know, in basketball and other sports, but in basketball, player makes a shot. Maybe a team's struggling offensively. Somebody makes a shot, and somebody else makes a shot.
0: Hold on for a sec, yeah. Whitey. Uh, the, the great oh, Jason hello. Jackson yes. uh, joining us you you trying to bust in <laughs> on us you want' to throw in the headset Yeah you, you want you got time to throw in the headset real quick. Yes. The mayor of South Beach uh, yeah. joining us right here. Thank you for your time. Excellent yeah. booking, man, on the show here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, Sacramento.
0: Yeah, that's what we do. That's what we do. How you doing, man? You, you guys have been in town the uh, last couple of days. What you been doing?
3: Uh, that, uh, that is a mind-your-business uh, dynamic there. But, but I'm an older guy now. About so to actually, say, I nothing can't, to get into in Sacramento. Cra- well, that's if you don't know. I was at the Torch <laughs> Club last night. There were plenty of things uh, on uh, Jam uh, Session Blues uh, uh, Night uh, to oh. get in square away but no i love coming to sacramento okay it's one can of my you, favorite can, one of my favorite places
1: can you give us a good afternoon party people Would you... Uh, <laughs> is, are you able to so, somebody listens <laughs>
3: on sunday morning yes nba yes, insiders yes, yes. what i'm just really trying to wake myself up that's the line that i use to hear how my voice is that time of day. oh really because i'm not i uh. i was i was born uh in the afternoon but I was made for the nighttime. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Ooh, to start off every edition of NBA Insiders on SiriusXM yes. NBA Radio Sunday mornings, ten uh, Eastern, seven out in this neck of the world. Oh, sure, that's a little yeah. promo right See, there, right? I anytime I can. In, right? <laughs> anytime I. I just signed my eleventh <laughs> really? one year deal with SiriusXM today. Really, you're the one year deals? For, for after a all decade. this time. That's, we all are, except okay. for Terminy. Uh, so <laughs> oh, it is. Good morning, party people. Welcome yeah. to the program. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. That's, That's it. And, uh, That's it. Good
0: afternoon here, do uh, <laughs> First of all, for people not familiar with your resume, sure. uh and, and what you do with the Miami, you've pretty much held every position <laughs> that they have, right? Like, well, what, what do you? Right now, your your radio play-by-play, but yeah. I know you do still the TV as well. TV.
3: Yeah. yeah, Like, uh, yeah. So what, I started off uh, 20 years ago uh-huh. as the television host in court reporter, when the team yep. traded for Shaquille, they decided uh, the six years since they had Jonesy in the mix, uh, Mark Jones, from in yep, the yep. neighborhood, uh, they hadn't had, like, for a half decade, they hadn't had a, a third member of the broadcast team, and so they were literally just coming on, doing games, and, and hasn't Eric Reed and
1: actually stuff. been there even longer the
3: than Eric that? Eric this is season 36, behind yeah. you, Jose Pineda, who's been yeah. the Spanish yep. voice of the Miami Heat for 35 years, yeah. but 36 years in the organization. This is my 20th year, and I'm still junior on the staff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, for 17 years, that was the role. In that midst of 17 years, what you learn, and I know you know this, Drape, mm-hmm. is you become the host of the organization.
0: Yeah. So,
3: if corporate sales calls, if social responsibility calls, hey, if DJ season 20, ticket member, yep. come on, man, you say yes. Yep, yep. And then you truly get kind of locked into the fabric of the team, therefore the community. And that's been the blessing. Yeah. And then uh, three years ago, Mike Inglis, uh, who had been the, the the radio voice of the Miami Heat for 25 years, decided it was time to be a full-time grandfather. And God bless his soul for that. Because right. about 12 hours after he, t- he let them know, they called <laughs> me. And it, the, here's the crazy thing, Drape. I never had play-by-play as a thing that I envied. I didn't Same covet that yeah. role yeah only because I really enjoyed hosting and reporting, yep, yep. uh, that you're kind of in the thick of it. But there won't be another day in my life I don't call games. Baby. <laughs> Coming out of your skin for a game that's given you everything. Yeah. That's the best way I can put it. it. its I grew up a baseball fan. I love baseball. The reason why I still love baseball because I don't work it. <laughs> and ah, what yeah. basketball did for me is show me the world and pay every bill in my adult life. Mm. And so right the passion that, that you yeah. can – pull from that reality and then the fact that we just have a, it's it's a great game it just i'm not taking anything away from any other game but the intimacy of professional basketball on top of the elite right. athleticism regardless of all the stuff that we can complain about and do as it pertains to um, salaries and is the season too long and all that yeah. stuff ain't nothing like these cats
1: may i, may oh. I ask you a, a king's question sure jason jackson nice enough to join us before he goes about his duties here We've had an up-and-down season. Uh, Kings fans last year, of course, last year was like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> this year there were some expectations, yeah. which haven't always been met. So now Kings fans have been a little, this is great. Oh, this team's terrible. Oh, they were supposed to be better this <laughs> right. year. They got green. And then last night, of course, a tremendous win. So yeah. now we're up. As somebody who comes in with the heat from outside, what's your what's your view of this? How good is this Kings team compared to last year? How good can they be this year? How good are they in uh, the West how, just some just some views on, on that from the outside.
3: I wish I watched you more. I, I, I actually deem a team every year my league pass side piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I'm done with my work uh, in I'm Eastern time I'm zone, please that. take that. that one. All right. <laughs> and, and I'm back at, at Chateau Chaxon there in the city, beautiful, <laughs> high atop uh, US 1. And I, and I got some time and, and some, some Buffalo Trace. I, I like to sit down and I pick a team that's either, you know, not it's usually one that's not in the Eastern Conference. And I think it was a year too early on the Kings. I was watching before mm-hmm. uh, Coach Brown came in, and then I picked OKC this year. Ooh, and so I was okay. cheating on that one. I mean, everybody knew something right, something right, was right, coming right, right, right. there. <laughs> and so I wish I watched more uh, than the one matchup on the 31st of January and then getting ready for tonight to say to you that I could feel the same thing the fans feel. I'll just give you 30 years of experience is that when you want something – because you just got a little bit of a taste and you recognize your guys are ready to take the next step, you get caught up as a fan in the rigors. You, if you get yeah. caught up in the 82, and you should, we appreciate right. it's good for our business, <laughs> you're going to get the up and down the of up it. And down, yeah. Right? But if you have more ups. Right. Okay, here's what you want right now, and I'll give Kings fans this release if they want it. What you want is the tournament. If you get in the tournament, Anything can happen. I don't you care if it's play-in. Yeah, yeah, I don't care if it's top six. If you're in, you get a chance. Now, here's the thing's a little different than those of us in the East that you deal with in the West. You all can't turn anywhere. Right. There is no relief. No relief. Zero. I mean, we probably will have two teams that get in that will be ushered out without issue, depending upon what happens there in the in the play-in. Yeah. Uh, but for you all, you all could have eight bloodbaths. Mm-hmm. Right, or, you know, before you even uh, get to the name's before to you bounce. get to the conference yeah. finals, yeah, yeah, you're right. A big name, and is so going that's bounce. going to you get yourself through this 82. You bypass the play-in. Stop, yeah, light the beam. Okay, come on in here. <laughs> have an extra beam. Okay, yeah. <laughs> if you don't have to go dance with Golden State and the Lakers in the play-in, yeah. right? Who yeah. wants that?
0: Nobody went. We were saying it. You either got to face LeBron, Steph, or Luka in the play. Any one of those guys can win a game single-handedly. And if if you're
3: Minnesota or OKC, here's your gift. Right. Dudes have been doing this since you were in middle
0: school. Yes. Yes. So,
3: careful. Let me
0: ask you, man. Who you got playing tonight?
3: That's a great question. <laughs> you guys That's a great question. I can, you you in, I can tell you who's not. You said you do everything for the heater. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> like, I you tonight. No, they don't want that. That'll be a complete problem. We have defibrillators on the sideline <laughs> for that. I, I'll tell you this. I, the thing that I've loved about this iteration very similar to last year but each year's different spo makes us you know Mm -hmm. cleanse ourselves of the previous experience and let this one be that (laughs) is that the 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 group that you're going to see the guys that are going to get tapped to play tonight that usually will not have massive responsibility have already had a bunch of responsibility Mm -hmm. that's what happens when you have a ton of injuries guys that you do have to monitor is that all 17 of your guys are going to get a sniff. Now, a lot of our two-way guys this year have gotten more work in the G League than, than usual mm-hmm. uh, right? Mm-hmm. just because uh, we haven't had to go that deep. But our first 15, they have all been a part of it. And so uh, if you – I believe we have 10. I, if I, I was checking. <laughs> Ten I, bodies I had tonight? to make sure okay. Jamal Kane was here from Sioux Falls. Yeah, is he here? So maybe, yeah, I believe okay. he is here. He is <laughs> right. here. Uh, so it, it is uh, a night where Spell will probably spend more time being mindful of his second group, hmm. than so much the first group, and then his because with Coach Bolster, if you're a player and you've watched him and you're coming into the organization, you're not coming in with any notoriety. You know what you want to be? You want to be in the finishing five.
0: The finishing yeah. right.
3: That's the group that I think he puts the most thought, thought in the it's sense it's of when it's, yeah. it's nip and tuck time, who's the group that's going to take us home. Mm-hmm. And so that group is going to be interesting. It won't, won't be the one the Blazers fans see tomorrow. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Like, as a matter of fact, I have, I do a, a show with him for uh, the Miami heat audio experience. As we oh like God. to call it, ah, <laughs> you, know, I gotta, you know, I got to put, they got to be extra. And so he, uh, I'll sit down with him for about four and a half minutes before uh, we go on the air. And, I look forward to the way that he – he doesn't like to talk about the next game when they're back-to-backs, like he almost, like, shuns it. Yeah. But I want to know how different it feels knowing he gets two guys back tomorrow. Right. Ah. To how he treats this, and then he may get Rosier and Hero, who are out tonight, yep. back tomorrow from injury so it's almost two
1: different teams that's almost.
3: what yeah. come on man yeah. now you see why right we're now. over here getting this sideways money trying to <laughs> ask these wonderful questions yeah yeah no but doubt. it seems
1: like you guys no matter who's out there who's heard the heat defend and they get to the line is that that's accurate? brother you nailed it yeah. at least on the
3: good nights that's yeah. that's what you that's what you want to do there's this team it will not change from when Bat Riley took over in 95 mm-hmm. to Stan Van Gundy's run to now Spolster for 16 years, it's not going to change. You, if you can defend, you can get on this floor. And, if, and it, it doesn't mean you have to be, you know, bam or Jimmy, right. right? It just means that you have to be able to keep your man in front of you and at the very least understand the scheme and know how it will help you uh, if you're going to be what we like to call mm-hmm. a serviceable
4: defender <laughs> <laughs> okay, it sounds like a, it
3: sounds like a like a right hand right. across your face we could use some of those on. but it's serviceable <laughs> defending serviceable. means that you know how to get your guy to another guy that will help right <laughs> you know right. coming over. Sure I'm over. Exactly. Yep, right. Bam, here I, <laughs> <laughs> here I come and it's funny because bam listen you probably look at the notes from the the, the new orleans game yeah uh those eleven blocks, that's not the I Mime Heat. That's not standard. Right. Right. It's right. not the way it really happens most nights. It is guys who are who plant their feet in the wood and take a hit. Mm. That if you're willing to put your shoulder down and just go and run through the wall, the yeah. Aaron Fox, uh it's it's that's what's gonna be in front of him tonight. Yeah. Okay. There'll be Grapes. three guys. Because waiting he's the one yeah. waiting Be- for him, 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 right him all the there, time. Yeah. And then, you know, you get into your boy who should have been an all-star three times yep. uh, in Indianapolis. You get that ball to Sabonis in everybody's lives.
1: Drapes has been saying that's for nuts. weeks now he wants to see one of those, like, 94-89 games. I don't, maybe, I don't know. Like Drapes one did. of those par yeah. fights. Yeah. yeah. You know? Maybe oh, you don't want that.
0: tonight. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's, that's what you that, got. That's what you do. That's what do. Right?
3: <laughs> man, they'll still, you'll see slobber coming down the side of their, <laughs> <laughs> their face if, if you all don't want to score right, 115 right? tonight. No, no, we, we that's gotta gotta perfectly fine, baby. I know. Good I know.
1: stuff, This was fun, guys. Thanks for having me through. Yeah, thank you for stopping by. You guys fly out. Uh, Right out. We have. Portland right. tomorrow, yeah.
3: and then Denver on uh, whatever day that is Thursday. Thursday
1: yeah, before we head yeah.
3: back to paradise. Paradise. Yes, sir. <laughs> what's your spot in uh, Miami? What's what's? A, give me a go. You might spot. want to go to break, come back, and I'll have a i uh- <laughs> <laughs> I've lived there for Just twenty years, Dave. I, 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 I know. You know what? But I I've need... gotten older, and I don't do the right. Beach. I don't. That's I don't what I'm know. saying. I need the the
0: the 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 <laughs> under this, uh, under underbelly of Miami. I don't need where. The twenty-five year olds go. I'm yeah. old hey, now.
1: he lost his wallet uh, at the beach
3: in, in El LA
0: Segundo
1: yesterday. Well,
3: that's
0: Manhattan beach
3: yeah. yesterday. Yeah. That can happen. Yeah, you know I that know. can happen. I, uh, I I now I have to be summoned across to the yeah. Barrier Island. Yeah, uh, I'll be fifty-two and in, in May, and you right. got to know yourself. That's a first. Yeah. The first win in life, people. <laughs> know yourself.
0: You know what? Let me tell you a quick story about my last <laughs> trip to South Beach. Guess how long I was there for.
3: Probably, what, 48 hours?
0: No. I went to South Beach for 10 minutes. Oh, you dead. mean actually over actually, across, yeah, across MacArthur across, Cosby. Yeah, and I said, you know what? What am I doing? I hopped out the Uber, <laughs> walked down college or whatever it is, yeah. and, like, I said, you know what? This isn't me. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, And I hopped right and went back. Know thyself, brick. right? Brickle yeah. is
3: all you need. <laughs> exactly. And that's the little part yep. of downtown where the team stays. Yes. And yes. there are cigar lounges and restaurants. And yep. There's even a couple dance clubs in there. Yes. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. Cold, oh yeah. Cold water. <laughs> you can go hydrate yourself. <laughs> you see that in that club? And
0: light bulb uh, went off in my head. Up. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. that.
3: You're right. So right. I yeah, I've just turned to uh, as you can take a look at, for those that are there enjoying the stream, they can see I don't miss meals <laughs> and uh, and I keep these dulcet tones together with just enough cigars. Just enough. Just enough. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. And thank dark, you very with that much. That dark liquor out. in the summertime, springtime. I hear
1: you all the time. It's a pleasure to uh, to hear you. By. You pleasures, mine. Party people, yeah. All
3: right, baby, call the Texas right. show, 916-339-1140. Ooh. You can always find us at that Sactown 140 on X.
0: 1140,
3: man. If you want to do it. You, did say 740? Yeah, 1140. You, i You're getting about to be I was just trying to be way too slick. at yeah. drive, guys. <laughs> continue live here from Hey, don't Golden be coming ones. in with that Miami <laughs>
0: attitude, man. We, we we blue collar up here in Sact. Townsports.com, everybody. <laughs> Appreciate you. All right, right, right.
1: baby. Uh, When we come back and the Kings continue to dominate the second night of back-to-backs with the drive guys on Sackdown Sports. All right, Drapes, we need you to take us. What you got? Inside the NBA here. Getting ready for the Kings and the Heat tonight. Of course, the Heat on the road. This isn't a factor, but uh, we're talking to uh, Jason Jackson. Nice enough to join us who has the best home court advantages in the NBA that have nothing to do with how good the team is. So other circumstances, options that players have the night before oh. the game. Um, I think you could maybe also include, you know, Denver, the altitude, right? No okay. How, yeah. 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 That's so Miami's question. up there, yeah, right?
0: Miami's got to be up there. Is Atlanta. Uh, I hear a lot of Atlanta about... for
1: sure. Yeah. For yeah.
0: sure. Yeah. you know, LA, obviously, huh. Um, you know, I, I think Dallas is a sneaky, really uh, tough one too. Oh yeah, I remember a time. Um, shoot, this was—I uh, don't want to reveal the player or the situation. I of course was, not. Of course with not. With
1: the team, and, you can write it down. I won't. Read
0: right. No. <laughs> and and I think we got to the hotel at like two. And you know, the player went in. It <laughs> came right back down and went out. And I was like, two in Dallas, and like it was crazy. And so, yeah, I think uh Dallas is uh sneaky good. Huh. Um, Dallas got a lot of stuff Dallas, jumping, Dallas. fellas. Who'd who'd you say? Dallas. Dallas for sure got a lot of stuff uh, jumping oh, oh, yeah. that night. Yeah. Oh yeah, right, right, yeah. Jay? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Obviously, New York, too. You know, the major Uh city. Houston. The the usual ones out there. Oh, Houston. Oh, my God. (laughs) Houston, 100%. That's a whole other level, baby. That's a different (laughs) level. I mean, it's – I will say, things have changed in the NBA, though. With the advent of social media. Oh, yeah, you got to be more careful. Well, you do all your work before you even get to the city. You don't have to go out. Looking for uh, any uh-huh. extracurricular activities or any fun or anything like that, and so it's a much different ball game out there nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, and and, and also you got to look at the money these guys are making too. You know, like it, it's interesting. I, I told you I was listening to Kevin Garnett's uh, podcast uh, with him and Paul Pierce, and he was talking about All Star Weekend and the parties. He said it got to a point where he would bring the party to him. Mm. It would just be in his suite at the hotel. Right, He'd get a suite big right. enough, you know. So he didn't go out, and so there are certain guys, you know, you get to a certain level, especially if I, you don't even go out, anymore. and
1: they could do that any in any city, any right? City, nowadays, yeah, yeah, exactly,
0: yeah. yeah it's, it's a different ball game out
1: there. Yeah, all right. It's interesting with the Heat, you know. I was just thinking uh, as we talked about their history. I remember when they were a new team, it was them, and it was uh, Minnesota and Orlando yep. and Charlotte, Charlotte all entered about the same time. You yeah. look at those four franchises. One of them <laughs> has become one of the finest franchises in the whole league. And the other yes. three of all, to degree, they're still trying to find their footing. But Miami is, I mean, that's a primo and, franchise. And, and, and Pat Proud Riley, tool. man, yeah.
0: you know, he, he set the culture. And when you talk about, you know, uh, a successful franchise, and, and you mentioned it sort of, and Jason talked about it, it doesn't matter who's on the floor. You know what heat basketball is when yeah, you see it. Yeah. And, you know, they've set a culture in there, both on the floor and in the organization, uh, that, that you'll recognize. And I think it starts with uh, Pat Riley. And, it you know, now a guy like Alonzo Mourning sort of fits that mold, too, who's uh, helping him run it. And so, no, there's something to be said about heat culture. I know, you know, some fans get tired of it, but I, I do think it is a real thing.
1: How far along is King's culture? And it's not something in two years you can right, just, oh, we yeah. got it. I mean, yeah, the Kings a question. have been talking about this since way before even you got here, yeah. Grapes. You know, oh, we're going to build a culture, going to build a culture. It looks like now they may be starting to do that. In what ways have you seen that grow? Where, uh, where are we with that whole concept? I, I mean, winning winning in, has a, a lot to do with it, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, infancy, baby steps, uh Early on in that, I I think, you know, you talked about, you know, heat culture. Well, Pat Riley came in, what, 95? You know, so here we are, you know, close to 30 years. So it it can't be overnight. And and it has to be uh, a a sustained thing. And one thing, when you look at the heat and what they've done, and and I hope Sacramento gets to this point, how many coaches have we changed, cycled through? How many uh, GMs have we cycled through? But yet in Miami, Pat Riley's been there. Eric Spolster, a second longest tenure coach in the NBA. Like there's something to stability and yeah. continuity that I think the Kings are. Sure. And
1: not only has Spo been there for a long time, but he came up through, right, through the, the system in the first.
0: Yes, 100 percent. And so I, I think that's where we are uh, right now with, with Miami. The Kings is going to take some time, you know. Yeah. Uh, Monty McNair. What? This is his uh, fourth season. Uh, With the Kings, you know, you you look at uh, Mike Brown only in his second. Now, if Mike Brown's here 10 years and and Monty's here 13 now, then you'll really start to see the culture. And the thing, too, when opposing players or free agents go to Miami, they know what to expect. So when they traded for Terry Rozier earlier this season, I said, that's going to be perfect for Terry right. Rozier. That structure, that accountability, that's something he needs. And so we'll ask Eric Reid about this coming up in, in, in a little bit, you know, play-by-play guy for the Miami Heat. He's going to be jumping on with this. But I, I think there is a thing. And, and, and then players, certain players anyway, they want to be a part of that.
1: Yeah, and I think it cuts both ways, too. When the Heat go looking for players, free agents, they already know, like, he's not one of our guys. Right. He's not. That guy, we, we know that he can play uh, in right, our system. Right, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: They don't just go out there signing everybody right. or anybody. You're pretty
1: good. Let's see right. how this works right. out. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the Kings here in the calendar year, 4-0 on the second out of a back-to-back after, as you well know, starting the season 0-4. Yep. Still only 1-2 at home. So keep that trend going tonight. Another win on the second out of a back-to-back. It's crazy how that's – that's flipped, We talked right? about that so many. <laughs> they can't win on they the second night. They can't win,
0: and, and, and now they've proven they have. And I, I think this team uh, has figured out who they are. The starting five is clicking right now. I feel like Mike Brown's rotations have settled in. I mean, it, it took them a while. You know, even last year, though, it was into December. This year it took almost to February to sort of figure out the rotation. But, no, this is, you know, a, another opportunity to stay undefeated on the second night of a back-to-back here in 2024.
1: My guess would be as far as culture and how that's coming along with the Kings, I would guess one of the most important things is you just have to have a buy-in from the players, and they've had that more the last two years than I remember seeing in Sacramento in a long time.
0: Yes, yes, and, and that's been, I think, you know, Mike Brown's biggest success is to get the buy-in, and and I go back to when they rattled off seven wins in a row uh, last season, you know, when the coach tells you something and, and they see it actually working on the floor and leading to wins, that's huge. That's that trust that they've developed. You know, I thought it was a little bit of struggle earlier this season. You know, I, I thought it could go either way. You know, the honeymoon stage is over. You're hearing Mike Brown's voice all day in and day out. You're practicing as much as you are. But to these guys' credit and to the coaching staff's credit, they've stuck together. They didn't let any – uh th- you know, we saw the incident with Malik Monk and Mike Brown during one of those games, yeah. remember? You know, that could have festered and grew into something, but it didn't. And so uh, th- this team is humming right now.
1: I think when a team really has great culture, one of the benefits of that is that sometimes you have lesser players, and I think we've seen this with the Heat, lesser players, that is guys that the rest of us on the outside say – that guy's not right. that good. And then they just blossom. Yes. And, you know, Max Struess, Dave right. Vincent, right? Become Duncan legitimate. Robinson. Yes, right. you know, yes, yes.
0: Guys who, you know, uh, other teams don't want or they're, you know, like during their run to the NBA finals last year, I forget, it, it was seven or eight undrafted players. On yeah, the roster. right. Like, think right. about that. And, and, and the
1: guys deserve the credit, but right. the culture but deserves the culture, yeah, yeah. you know,
0: and, and, and I've always maintained, fit is a, a is a real thing, and going to the right team that can maximize your talents, maximize your abilities. That's why, you know, uh, one guy will play, at, like, for instance, look at Malik Monk in, in Charlotte. Solid, you know, nice little player went to L.A., developed even more, came here to Sacramento, and now he's blossomed into arguably the sixth man of the year. And so I do think culture and fit is huge in today's NBA.
1: Now, without Jimmy Butler, how do the heat stay hot? We will find out what the plan is from Eric Reed, Heat TV, play-by-play man. He's been with the Heat since the very beginning he joins us next here at the Golden One Center, the Drive Guys on Sacton. Coming to you from the Golden One Center, of course, the Kings taking on the Miami Heat tonight. Our next guest has been with the Heat from the beginning. Uh, TV play-by-play voice, Eric Reed, Nice to have us. First things first, Eric, since you've been there since the beginning, I've got to ask you, is it true that Craig Neal... Oh, uh, once in the game with his jersey backwards. Did that really happen? I think it did.
4: Craig, Craig Noodle, <laughs> he he did a lot of things we can't, talk about. That's one thing we can't talk about. By the way, being with the heat from from the Stuart, that makes me two things old and blessed.
1: Yes, it yes. does. Well, isn't it amazing? We were just talking about the fact that, you know, they came in the league basically with uh, Charlotte and Minnesota and Orlando. No, I mean, well, you look- Miami
4: and Charlotte came in in 88. Yeah. Orlando, Minnesota came in the, the following year. Right, okay. right, yes. about okay. the same
1: time, but look at those four teams, and three of them are still trying to find their way, and you guys are one of the premier franchises in the
4: NBA. Well, it's uh, an amazing story, you know, from an expansion team to a, to one of the elite franchises in yes. professional sports, and, you know, it all starts at the top. It really does. The, you know, the original ownership was, was Ted Harrison, mm. who did it. Not for his love of basketball but, but for his love of the city of Miami and mm. and brought NBA basketball to Miami. His son Mickey and Mickey's son Nicholas uh, you know to update it have provided you know the consistency and the outstanding quality is you know one of the best ownership groups in, in pro sports. And when Mickey brought in Pat Riley almost thirty years ago, I'll never forget it was on the carnival cruise ship. Uh, the imagination and uh-huh. you didn't have to use much to know that <laughs> that bigger things were coming and it, it was actually hard to believe it when it happened and uh, it you know there's very few guys that could walk in your door and sort of instantly transform your franchise and and change your culture and it, it Kyle I heard what you were saying it has taken years but it started right from the jump one of the first things Pat Riley did was trade for Alonzo Mourning in the yeah. prime of his career Bring in guys like Tim Hardaway and Dan Marley and P.J. Brown. And 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 then it's all about, you know, the discovery of talent and then the development of talent, which everybody tries to do. Right. It's it's been pretty clear that he do it as well as any team in the league.
0: Absolutely. Eric Reed joining us. Eric, when we talk about heat culture, put it into words. What what is it? What what can we tangibly see or, or feel about heat culture?
4: Well, number one, it's not for everybody. It's just not. And Eric Spolster says that all the time. But, you know, there, there's a lot of talent in this league. But how many guys are really in tune with what it takes to help your team win the game? Um, right now, the, cult, the, the, the culture of the game is more like, let me get mine. Let me score a lot of points right. so I can get paid. But it's about sacrificing and figuring out what your role on the team is and, 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 and figuring it. You know, to, to me, the best players in the league. Winning matters more than how many points they score, and that's what you love about Jimmy Butler. That's why I respected so much about Kyle Lowry for the two and a half seasons he was with us. Those guys don't care how many points they score. They're going to figure out through the course of the game what their team needs. Domas is like that too. Yeah. So, Heat culture, though, about being in great shape, about you know doing doing the difficult things to be an excellent defensive team, and putting winning first. Pat Riley's number one cliche keep the main thing the main thing and the main thing's not just about winning games it's trying to win championships Campus, uh,
1: yeah eric reed nice enough to join us uh no jimmy butler no thomas bryant tonight no uh Jovic.
4: what was the heat's view of that scrape uh with the pelicans well it was unfortunate because as i told you guys off the air it was one of the better games we've had this season it was fierce and intense it felt like a playoff game it was playing like one and then a minute into the fourth quarter uh, Kevin Love takes a foul on, on Zion Williamson and it was a benign foul. He wrapped both arms around him. I saw. Zion slipped, fell down. Like you think Kevin Love was would be able to knock him down? <laughs> he just slipped and fell down and and I think uh, It
1: It's Najee Marshall, wasn't it? Najee
4: Marshall yeah. you know, he, he got he he got pushed the wrong way on it and he got into Jimmy, Jimmy poked him. Um, they both reached out at each other. Each one had a hand around the neck. So, uh, not all that surprised. They each got a game. Uh, Thomas Bryant, who was said he was trying to be a peacemaker somehow wound up near half court with <laughs> Niko Jovic, And then what's his name? Uh, Alvarez. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Jose. Yeah. yeah. Jose Alvarez threw a punch at him and, and it was weird. I mean, as he's getting thrown out, he's shadow boxing in, in, oh, in the, in the, in the, in yeah. the alleyway uh, yeah. leading out to the, to the locker room and. Um, it was unfortunate but what was cool about it was to see the way the heat responded to that. You you lose Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero gets hurt late in that game, but to see Bam Bam took 11 of his 18 shots in the fourth quarter, mm. scored 12 of his 24 points in the fourth quarter and he showed you what you, what you hope you'd see. A guy that when needed, he mm-hmm. can carry you on the offensive end and he's a perfect example of you know what he culture's all about. He's one of the best teammates in the NBA. I, I think when you talk about recruiting free agents, uh, you can say no state income tax, the beautiful weather and vibe of South Florida, yeah. and you get to play with an unselfish, team first, right. win win first mentality guy like Bam.
0: It, does Bam have to? Have that uh, kind of impact offensively again tonight? You think with you guys being so short-handed, does he have to be aggressive out there? No, I
4: think so. He's going to be the focal point tonight because uh, you're going to you're going to see a lot of guys like Cole Swider and Jamal Kane and Alondis Williams, all, all guys you know uh, with with G League stuff on their recent resume. And you, you pr- we'll probably see, I'm sure we're going to see the debut in a Heat uniform of DeLon Wright, uh, which is oh, yeah. another great Heat story. Yep. Yep. His brother Durrell was drafted right out of high school, Lawndale, California, played on the 06 championship team. And Some of us wanted him here, by the way. <laughs> DeLon. <laughs> yeah. Durrell yeah. or DeLon? Uh, DeLon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, DeLon, is, is a, it, it, it really feels like a great fit. First of all, it's a feel-good story. He was 11 or 12 years old when Durrell first joined the Heat. Mm. So... Heat people, basketball side, have memories of him as a little kid shooting around with Tim Hardaway Jr. and Gary Payton Jr. in our practice gym. And DeLon fits. He fits the Heat because, you know, he's a guy that would just be, just vanish on a a bad team. Mm -hmm. Bad teams don't appreciate what a player like DeLon does. Good teams, contending teams need guys like DeLon Wright that will fit in offensively, that can guard three or four positions on the defensive end, uh, unselfish, tough-minded, knows what the culture is all about Mm -hmm. and he's there for depth josh richardson's out with a shoulder injury Mm -hmm. and the lawn i think will fill that void very well we're going to get a look at him tonight
1: Uh, eric speaking again of that culture mike brown's trying to build a winning culture here uh and i know you guys don't get to see a lot of the kings necessarily Um, do you see any elements of that starting to come together i'm not saying they're anywhere near of course where the heat have been or even where the warriors have been but what, are, what do you think are some of the key ingredients that Mike Brown so far
4: perhaps
1: is already starting to, to bring to the team here in Sacramento? Well
4: for, I have a lot of respect for Mike Brown. He's been successful and respected everywhere he's been, whether it's as a head coach or, or an assistant. Uh, so he brings a veteran winning mentality to Sacramento. You guys had a long, long period <laughs> of right. time. I think 16 years yeah. of under 500 basketball and not making the playoffs. And you, you finally broke out of that last year. And the first step is getting your heart broke in the playoffs. And that happened in Game 7 here last year. Uh, The next step is getting back and being a little hungrier, a little smarter, Mm -hmm. a little better. Um, I'm so intrigued by the Sabonis trade. I I can't remember an NBA trade where both teams gave up such a great player and neither team (laughs) has a second thought about the deal they made. It it worked out so well for both teams. Uh, So Sabonis, to me, is one of the best players in the league. Him being left off the All-Star Team this year in the West, uh, it saddened me. I, I think the guy's an MVP candidate, right. let alone an All-Star. Uh, you know the 20 triple doubles. I mean, only he's only the sixth guy to do that in NBA history, and and he does it every night. And uh, I, I just love the way he plays. And and in the Aaron Fox, you got a dynamic playmaker, score, and. and I tell you the truth. Watching him defend last night, mm. that that yeah, that yeah. caught my eye. The eight I know he's one of the top guys in the league in deflections, and I love. I really respect guys that. And we have a guy like that in Caleb Martin that use their athleticism equally well on both ends of the court.
0: Eric Reed, uh, play-by-play announcer for the Miami Heat, joining us here on the Drive, guys. Sacktown Sports, eleven forty. Eric, I, I think you know, you guys and what you accomplished last year gave hope. To a team like, let's say, Sacramento, that if we did make it into the play-in instead of the top six, that the season's not over. Like, you can still accomplish your goals. Uh, how, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? How realistic is that? Or was that a, a, a once-in-a-lifetime, things just happen to, to, to uh, you know, fall in place for you
4: guys? I, you know, it's hard. It's hopefully not once. Lakers did it, too, last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, But it's not the route anybody wants to take. But the point is, you want to be doing, you know, I remember Al McGuire, when he was a coach at Marquette, you say, you got to be healthy and you want to be on an uptick going into the playoffs. That didn't happen for Miami last year. It was really strange. I mean, they they almost missed the playoffs last year in the worst possible way you could miss the playoffs, losing two play-in games, both at home. So they got beat soundly by Atlanta couple nights later, they're they're down five or six points with three minutes left against Chicago, and you're wondering if summer vacation starts in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the next thing that happened, Miami goes to Milwaukee, the eighth seed, playing the top seed, the team with the best record in the league. The Heat were one of the worst scoring teams in the NBA last year. They'd go, go to Milwaukee and drop 130 in game one. Tyler Hero gets injured, breaks his hand in that first game. Who knew then what, w- yeah. what would be next? It was, I've been with the Heat 36 years. Uh, I've been watching NBA basketball for over 50 years. I mean, yeah, I, I've never seen a, 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 usually when you get to the finals, you have been carrying around the burden of expectations all year. Most of the teams that get there were expected to get there. This was the most joyful, unexpected mm. finals appearance that, that I've ever been a part of.
1: Mm. That's tremendous. So you know, some suggest that if uh, Demar Derozan's daughter had been there at that uh, Heat game, that maybe you know, maybe things would have ended for you guys. I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, the way she was shrieking uh, uh, during the game against uh, the other game against Atlanta. Yeah. How's uh, Jaime Jaquez uh, been compared to what you guys expected when you? Well,
4: I think he's pretty much what everybody did expect. Um, you know, it really sort of makes me smile when when I hear people you know sort of shy away from wanting to draft a senior right because maybe they're 21 or 22 or 23 years old okay go draft a 19 year old kid out of high school and then see how mm-hmm. see how long it takes so mm-hmm. you know Hawk has not only it's not just staying four years but it's being at a high level program like he was at well coached um, you know one of the respected programs at ucla And each year his role incrementally grew from from role player to, you know, key guy off the bench to starter to focal point and figuring out along the way, you know, how to help his team win. And that's why he's such a great fit. He's fundamentally sound um i think he's gonna be a i don't know if he's gonna be an all-star or not that remains to be seen he's gonna be a very good solid player for a long time to come excellent excellent good stuff yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Reed, yeah. Uh, eric reed legendary voice of the heat it's a pleasure to meet you i haven't seen you you know on tv for so many years oh, thank you thank great you. to, great great to t- uh, talk with you we appreciate your time uh we'll be right back the golden one center uh take a look at uh how the kings can cool down the heat tonight and uh Keep whatever this is going out, keep it going. We get right back here. It's a Drive, guys, on Sackdown Sports.